0: what is up hello there my name is jessica patching bunch you can call me jpb and this is brain body resilience this is a podcast dedicated to growth human development and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more what is up hello welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast Today, we're going to be talking about relationship things and pandemic things and how to choose our response in all of those things. I am just recounting a little part of my week for you, and I hope it's helpful. So, since the shutdown of all of the things back in March, I have been home every day and I'm working from home and, um, you know, doing what I can, but I don't leave the house because there's nowhere to go, everything's closed. I am incredibly grateful to be able to do this, but it still poses some challenges. We live in a small apartment, and there really isn't a lot of space for my husband and I to have any kind of like alone time or personal space for ourselves, and he goes to work every day and I'm here and then he comes home and I'm still here and he doesn't really have a place to um, kind of decompress and and just be be alone. So um, he asked me for some space this last week, and I know he didn't mean to be hurtful. In fact, I know he spent time thinking about how to ask for the space he needed and tried to come up with an alternative solution that he thought might seem like fun, because he's just a really thoughtful person. And so I know that he put some time and effort into thinking how he could approach this in a way that was beneficial for me. The thing is, his idea of what I could do for fun was from his perspective of what he might like to do for fun and not what maybe I want to do. And he tried. But how we say things matters and the words we choose have an impact. And the way he approached it was like, maybe you could go on a hike with Jenna so I can have some alone time at the apartment because I know... You know, you go over there and try and make an effort to be gone sometimes, but it's only for a couple of hours. And a better way to have approached that might have been to focus on what he needed and voice his needs, not directing the communication into a place of what I should or what I was previously doing that wasn't enough of what he wanted. And just saying, hey, can I get some alone time here at the house for a good part of the day sometime soon? Like I've really been feeling like I need some space would have been more effective for me. Um, and even though I know he didn't mean it in that way, when I heard him explaining his plan to get me out of the house for more than just a few hours at a time um, that I give him now, the way that it came across to me was, can you be gone for longer? Which triggered the initial reaction of, where the fuck am I supposed to go? We're in a pandemic and it's winter time, And I live here too. And I'm sorry you don't have enough space, but I work from home. And I have shit to get done. And how am I supposed to do my physical therapy or my workout? Where am I going to find a bathroom? All these things started going through my head. And when I took a second to really stop and think about, because I was angry and I was a little bit hurt. And then I was trying to think of like, why? Why am I having this reaction? And I realized the idea of being in my car without anywhere to go brought back pretty strong feelings I've had that I didn't recognize until that day. And all of this left me with a strong sense of not being wanted and not having anywhere safe or secure to go. And I realized that feelings from other times that I didn't feel safe or like I had anywhere to go when I was sleeping in my car overnight for a few days here and there, all kind of started popping up. And that is something that I started doing when I was like 16 because home wasn't a safe or secure place to be. And so when I was young, I made sure to save up all my money and earn um, enough money during the summer times because I always worked in the summer for my grandma or picking blueberries or whatever I was doing so that I could buy my first car uh, when I was 15 so that I had a way to escape and I could go anywhere. I had all this freedom, but you know, I was 15 and 16. I had nowhere to go. So when I was 16, I needed to kind of escape. I would go park my car at parking lots or at parks, um, which led to police trying to figure out why I was a child in the middle of the night in a parking lot or other places. Um, So again, not a safe or secure feeling experience that those led to. Um, And the other times I think about when I you know, was moving around in Southern California, kind of back and forth between LA and San Diego before I moved back here to Oregon. Um, there were several days that I slept in my car and kind of lived in my car. And it was, um, I was, it was a strong sense of embarrassment about not having anywhere to go. Um, and I've always had a, a tough time asking for help. And I'm much better now uh when I need something I usually just ask, but not wanting to ask for help and not feeling like I fit in or I had solid support um or belonged or kind of had a safe and secure place has always kind of been a thing f- for me, and all of these feelings are just like rushing back, and the uncertainty of my childhood without anyone safe or secure to turn to for help taught me that um those things don't exist. And currently, the dynamic of my family, who I still won't ask for help, continues to be a challenge, kind of moving past that in my life. Um, this is feeling much more vulnerable than I had anticipated. But, um, you know, some examples, I, I've always felt a, a sense of just kind of not belonging and not having that safety space. I've always made friends easily and, I guess, fit in. Uh to various situations, but I really felt even as an adult that i that I really belonged in a space um and something that popped into my head that I thought i didn't didn't have any impact on me, uh which clearly does if it's still in my in my headspace was when I was between the ages of three and seven, my mom was a full time long haul truck driver, and she only came home about i don't know every four to six months sometimes, and um she would so she would write out messages for each day on a calendar for my brother and I, but since I was too young to read, the nanny's son would uh, read us these messages and he would say things like, oh, your mother hates you and wishes you were never born. Your mom's never coming home. You suck and that's why your mom doesn't want to come back. All kinds of shit like that. And I remember saying, you yeah, know, you're lying, but I couldn't read what was actually there. So those were the messages that I had. And I suppose that contributes to my sense of not belonging. Um, another thing that just occurred to me uh, as I was kind of reflecting on these these feelings and these things was that I was always embarrassed about the state of our life. I was always embarrassed that our car was rusty with holes in the side of it that looked like bullet holes and it was held together with duct tape. And I was embarrassed that the church had come multiple times to help my mom clean our home and they brought these huge, large, like dumpsters to haul away the trash. Um, I was embarrassed that the cops were at our house regularly for domestic violence. I was embarrassed that we couldn't go out in public and have dinner or hang out with our friends because of drunk, violent outbursts of my stepdad. And thinking about that led me to think about how he made it really clear that we weren't his kids. And I'm sure that that contributed to my sense of not being, not feeling like I was wanted. Um, and I never understood how my mom could choose that situation over our safety or security or kind of like a, whatever normal life may have looked like. And I know that that's, for lack of a better term, normal life. Um, I don't know if that truly exists, but safe and secure anyways. Um, and because I was always embarrassed about what my life was, I was telling myself that I didn't belong. I didn't, um that there was something to be embarrassed of. And so after going through like all of these feelings and all that stuff kind of coming up, I realized that my husband's request for alone time triggered triggered all of that to come up for me. And that is why I was so upset. I know we all need alone time. And I know that this time where we're both at home, uh, much of the time together without space is really trying for both of us. Um and i had someone say that they hoped that they would have handled that situation as well as i did because i did a post about it on instagram which i will link in the in the show notes um and just saying that the ability to reframe our thoughts and and choose a different perspective is so important um because i had all of these feelings of of not wanting or not not having anywhere to go. And it was really strong and really, uh, you know, like I was just going over, it brought up a lot of stuff for me. And I had to reframe that into like, oh, okay, I can take my car and go explore the beach or the mountains or like somewhere I want to go. It doesn't matter. I have so many places I can go. Um, But anyways, I'll I'll link to that. And so someone said that they hope that they could have handled that situation as well as I did without resentment. And I'm going to keep it real here and tell you that there was there was resentment bubbling up and trying really hard to get out. But in the end, I had to really embrace the feelings that were coming up and the understanding that it had nothing to do with my husband's request for some time and space to himself because I know we all need that and there hasn't been the opportunity for a lot of that for almost a year now. Ultimately, I am really grateful at this realization of my struggles to feel safe and secure and that they came up in this way because Until we're aware of something and recognize it, we can't do anything to manage it or heal it or grow past it. And I'm also really grateful to be able to see my growth in my response instead of an ugly reaction that could have been really shitty and in no way beneficial or productive for the relationship with myself or my husband. I was able to give myself some space and choose my reaction. And this, my friends, is why it's so incredibly important to have a practice that helps us learn to pause and allow the space between an event and our response so that we can choose how it is we want to respond. Because I could feel myself wanting to just kind of flip out and be really angry and uh, whatever that would have looked like, But I knew that that wasn't really, that wasn't going to be helpful. And that's not really what I wanted, how I wanted to respond. And so I'm not going to say it was easy. It was effortful for sure, but I was able to do it. And that was a huge step for me. Um, And with that, I'm going to plug a little something here. I have a stress less, live more five day free crash course to helping folks learn about how to manage their response how to control the chaos in their head a little bit better so that they can release some of the stress and tension that they've been collecting and building up and just some tangible actionable steps that you can actually start doing every day to help you feel better so i'm going to go ahead and put a link to that in there as well and that is leading up to the launch of my 6 week group program that i have coming up um so i will put all that in the show notes but I'm going to just wrap this up and bring it full circle. Um, The point of all of this, thank you for letting me be a little vulnerable and take a trip down memory lane with you. Um, But the point being that your immediate reactions are not necessarily and rarely actually are rarely coming from the thing that is directly in front of you. So my reaction, my strong reactions of hurt and anger, had nothing to do with the situation that I was currently facing with my husband, and everything to do with the fact that I had spent a lot of time not feeling safe or secure or um wanted, I guess, as a child, and in my early adult years and such um. Because here's the thing, your brain encodes emotional responses in a much stronger way than anything else. So when you have a negative experience with danger or fear or something, or even joy, something with a strong emotional reaction, your amygdala, part of your brain that kind of deals with um, emotional regulation, it encodes these memories that you have. And so the next time there is something similar a similar situation that triggers some part of that memory that has been stored with that emotional encodement encoding it's going to pull up all of the feelings from those previous experiences and you're going to react based on those things because what our brain does is scan all of our past experiences to figure out how we should move forward with the experience in front of us trying to kind of predict how we should respond. That's what it does. Um, But it's not always useful and usable now in this moment, as our circumstances have changed, we have changed maybe. And so that's why it's so important, again, to be able to choose our response to give ourselves that space, instead of just using what is already a pre-programmed reaction that is not necessarily serving us. This is running a little bit long. I'm going to go ahead and just leave it there and say thank you very much. As always, so much love to each and every one of you. I hope that my experiences are in some way helpful so that you can reflect on something in your own life or, I don't know, get a giggle or, I don't know, whatever else you're listening to this for. I'm super grateful. Until next time, I will see you next week. Peace out.